Hello, this is FTW with Imad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. I'm your host, Imad Khan of CNET. The world of esports is going through both highs and lows. FaZe Clan, the popular esports team in multiple games, is set to become a publicly traded company worth $987 million, according to Sportico. This comes after FaZe merged with B. Riley Principal 150 Merger Corp, or BRPM. FaZe has set itself apart as an esports brand by making partnership deals with celebrities such as rapper Little Yachty and Bronny James, the son of NBA star LeBron James. While FaZe is set to go public, other major esports teams are experiencing layoffs. TSM FTX and 100 Thieves reportedly laid off 20 and 23 people respectively. This comes after esports news website Invent Global laid off its editorial staff last week, which we discussed during last week's episode. To talk about the latest phase developments is Dot Esports reporter and co-host of the Ego Child podcast, Preston Byers. Preston, thanks for returning to the show. Yep, thank you for having me again. So I think the first thing that'll come to anybody's mind is how how is Phase Clan worth like almost a billion dollars? It's it's difficult to explain how uh, how they come to these valuations. Mm-hmm. A lot of esports organizations such as TSM and 100 Thieves, uh, who are not public, they have um, valuations on the internet, um, you see them, they're half a billion dollars. And FaZe even, uh, I believe Forbes has um, FaZe listed uh, as like a four to $500 million uh, valuation. Mm-hmm. But th- there's a lot that goes into um, what FaZe is doing currently, and that is they're uh, trying to go public. And that's a lot different than just telling a reporter or telling a gr- or an organization uh, you know, what you're making and how much you're spending and, and all of that. So uh, I, I would say that FaZe's valuation at $987 million is more accurate, uh, but that is also a part of a sale. So that could add uh, a little bit of money as well. Mm-hmm. So you, maybe the sale is trying to add maybe future potential value um, and maybe other factors not being considered when looking at the books strictly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the way phase is going public, it's not through an IPO, but it's through this thing called a SPAC. Can you explain, you know, what B. Riley Principal 150 Merger Corp is? Yeah, so a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company, otherwise known as a blank check company. Okay. And uh, what what they do, um, what you know, in this case, what uh, B. Riley uh, Principal 150 Merger Corp is doing is they are essentially just a company on the stock market uh, on the Nasdaq right now that Phase is using to merge with. It's it's. It's basically nothing, but uh, mm-hmm. Phase is merging on, uh, or merging with this company in order to uh, bypass the initial public offering, um, which uh, typically companies do this uh, to uh, one save money and two save time. So I, I guess Phase uh, didn't really want to wait and try to do an IPO, uh, so they went this route. Well, I think the other thing with an IPO is that you know if it launches at whatever dollars per share and sales aren't gangbusters at the beginning, then that could reflect poorly. But by bypassing this, they, you know, it can still jump onto the stock market without maybe having a less than seller uh, initial run. Exactly. It is uh, a little bit of an easier path, I think, for FaZe uh, to go down this path than to try with an initial public offering. Yeah. But it does seem that the SPAC then is taking on a lot of risk, or at least the, the investors within the SPAC. Yeah. And that's kind of the the name of the game uh, for those people that um, they're interested in 
you know, trying to merge with um, corporations, trying to become public. Um, that is, you know, there's inherent risk in that. And I think that they're very well aware of um, the possibility that things might not be as great as uh, someone would expect with how popular FaZe Clan is in and around esports. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting that the uh, stock ticker after the merger is going to be just FaZe. Uh, it seems It seems pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's an awesome, it, definitely a great branding thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, have we heard any a- analysis from other investors that are kind of looking at this? Um, and are are they bullish on it? Are they very kind of um, being more careful about it? Um, I haven't seen any uh, experts recently. I know that in April, uh, Sports Business Journal, um, mm-hmm. they had a, a great article about um, when phase was going through this process that they were running into some road blo- uh, roadblocks um, because of, uh, you know, misreporting or, uh, you know, things aren't uh, exactly to the degree that um, phase initially expected. Uh, but, you know, th- this this was supposed to or it could have um, hampered uh, what phase was trying to do uh, with this merger. But um, apparently everything has worked out in their favor. And the the thing with FaZe Clan is that while it is incredibly popular, it hasn't been without its fair share of controversies. Now that FaZe is going to be a company traded on the stock exchange, do you think that'll maybe prevent some of the members of FaZe Clan from speaking or doing things out of turn? Um, it's, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would expect phase to have resolved these kind of issues before they went public. Um, and even, you know, in the past few years, uh, when it seemed that phase was getting their act together on the business end and becoming more of a legitimate business and less of a, a group of, you know, millennials trying to run an esports team. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I think that there's just, that's just a, a quirk of phase is that they're going to have to deal with some of these um, maybe owners or some of the influencers that have attached their name to FaZe. Um, they just kind of have to get used to them messing up in public and possibly bringing bad reputation or um, you know bad news to this organization. Mm-hmm. And of course, the big controversy was the the Save the Kids controversy from, I believe, 2020 when FaZe partnered up with the YouTuber RiceGum to create a cryptocurrency that was about giving money to, I guess, children's charities, but then it it quickly got accused of being a pump and dump scheme. Yeah, and I, I think that's, um, if, if that didn't uh, alarm phase or that didn't make them veer off course, I don't see why it would really change in the near future. Uh, it's possible that once it is public and once, uh, you know, the general public has a chance to invest in the company, then, uh, you know, the organization might change, but, um, this is not a new thing for phase. It's, it's something that they seem to have gotten used to. They, they expect a certain level of, uh, of issues, um, at this point. So I think what I find interesting is given the current trends within the stock market and the current trends within the crypto market, there's definitely a downward, uh, well, downward trend. And, 
this valuation seems incredibly bullish. It seems bullish to the point of where esports was maybe a few years ago, where there was a lot of investor capital because there was a lot of excitement in the space. But now, as soon as the economy really has turned, uh, it, it, from what I'm reading, some of those investor dollars are starting to be a bit more conservative. I mean, what do you make of the bullishness of this valuation? I'm surprised by it, uh, quite frankly. I think that no esports organization uh, at this point in time is worth a billion dollars. Um, I don't think that's controversial to say either because, um, you know, we're, we all know or we should know that uh, most, if not all, of these organizations uh, fail to be profitable um, or have failed to be profitable at this point, uh, including FaZe. And um, I don't know what esports will really look like within five to ten years. But um, personally, I think that it's, it's probably uh, the reason that they're so bullish uh, about FaZe right now is that they have this name brand value that uh, is unlike anything else in esports. Um, even uh, organizations like 100 Thieves and TSM and Optic Gaming, those they they don't really hold a candle to Phase in the sense that Phase has been able to bring in uh, very popular influencers and very popular celebrities into their brand uh, and kind of um, let that uh, clout uh, rub off on them, uh, so to speak. So I think mm -hmm. FaZe has done an incredible job of marketing uh, first and foremost, and I think that is a, a big part of this valuation. Well, you know, speaking of other esports teams, both TSM, FTX, and 100 Thieves have experienced layoffs or reportedly have experienced layoffs. Do we know anything about exactly what's going on and, well, you know, what are the top two esports teams around, at least North American esports teams? Uh, so Business Insider had a, a very uh, good article, I believe, earlier today, and um, they they spoke with uh, former employees, and um, one of uh, the employees said that um, it they had a meeting, uh, 100 Thieves did, and that um, it seemed to indicate that meeting did that the reason for these layoffs was because the only profitable part of uh, 100 Thieves or maybe just uh, the most profitable part of 100 Thieves uh, was its apparel um, section, mm -hmm. which is uh, unsurprising if you if you followed 100 Thieves and their rise in esports. Um, they very much are... Um, you know, a, a beneficiary of, you know, street culture and um, being able to market themselves effectively, uh, much like FaZe. Uh, but uh, ap apparently, or according to this report uh, by Business Insider, um, esports talent uh, partnerships and marketing were all in the red while apparel was in the green. So um, I, I think that plays a part in it. And a lot of these layoffs for 100 Thieves were within the content and social media parts of this organization. So um, I think that was a, a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And then anything on TSM, we do know that uh, its CEO uh, was Reginald. Mm -hmm. He has also been facing a lot of controversy over bad behavior. And there was an internal investigation by the firm also representing Reginald, I believe, that found no wrongdoing. But even then, uh, there's been a bit of turmoil at, over at that team. Yeah, it was actually uh, coincidentally within a few hours of each or, uh, you know, people really got to see the scope of the layoffs at TSM with uh, all of these employees or now ex-employees, I guess, um, announcing their departure. But, 
you know, two, three uh, hours later, uh, Riot Games handed down their competitive ruling on Reginald, and um, they uh, put him on probation for two years and said that he was uh, essentially bullying other people within the organization. So yeah, there is mm-hmm. a lot of turmoil and controversy with TSM, um, and specifically Reginald, uh, and you know he's kind of the center of that controversy. Um, but it, you know it's very disappointing to see TSM lay off employees. But um, this is esports. This is definitely definitely not um, a new development uh, in in mm-hmm. any case. Um, uh, but uh, TSM and One Hundred Thieves are especially just th- disappointing because of how uh, successful um, they seem to be uh, financially, um, how secure they seem to be, uh, especially with TSM uh, partnering uh, with FTX uh, for the naming rights. That's a two hundred and ten million dollar deal uh, that they signed last mm-hmm. year over ten years. So you would hope at least that would give some insulation to this company to you know not be you know they don't have to do this uh but i i think the economy uh currently and um the economy going forward is not great so um i I, i'm not real surprised that these organizations are doing this yeah i know you're not an analyst uh or especially you know like a financial analyst but if tsm and hundred thieves are going through layoffs do you expect to see future layoffs at let's say team liquid or evil geniuses or fanatic gen g etc etc uh i can't specifically say to which organizations uh because mm-hmm. i'm not you know uh, on, and i'm not looking at their books i'm not um really in the know about how these uh, specific organizations are doing um uh, in terms of uh, their finances but uh yeah i expect more uh, esports organizations to um, you know conduct layoffs. If the two, um, you know, two of the most popular and um, you know TSM has claimed that they were profitable in the past. I believe uh, a few years ago they claimed mm-hmm. that they were profitable. If uh, you know, I I don't know whether to believe that or not, but let's assume it is true that they are profitable. That does not bode well for many other organizations that don't have a, a $200 million plus naming rights deal over the next decade. Um, it, it's not looking great for the organizations that can't drop, um, uh, you know, a, a new shirt or a new hoodie like 100 Thieves and sell out immediately. Uh, I I worry for a lot of other esports organizations, but um, it, it's possible that uh, 100 Thieves and TSM are more outliers in the sense that, uh, whatever layoffs do happen are not as broad and um, you know as deep as this one because we saw in both cases that dozens of employees were laid off from both uh, organizations reportedly. So you would hope that doesn't continue. Um, that would that would be awful. It's awful now, but it would it would be horrible to see um, even more organizations laying off uh, ten to twenty employees at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, Preston, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. To follow Preston and keep up to date on Call of Duty, you can follow him at Press Buyers on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Ahmad on Twitter. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.